Okay, okay, okay. Okay, I thought it would be like a Buddha, sitting like a Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is a Buddha, I swear. I think... <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying. He's meditating every morning under a tree. Yeah. Good, good life you're example, man. You're the one in the meditation pose. Yeah, I am, because of you. <laughs> you inspired me, man. I'm very excited for episode number three. We have a very, very special guest. He's not only a famous Swiss snowboarder, a two-time Olympian. He's not only a rising music superstar, and he's not only a viral content creation machine, but he's also a friend. His name is Pat Bergener, and I welcome him on episode number three of the Rich Inside podcast. I am your host, Fouad, and Pat, it's a pleasure to have you. What's up, everyone? We didn't want to do this podcast at the start. Yeah, so I called Adi. I was like, man, I'm, today's not a good day. I feel really sad, depressed, and... and just not a, not that day, you know, where you're just not in a in a mood to do anything and everything. You feel useless in life in general, and this usually happens after we're gonna talk about it. But I just called Fu and I was like, I'm not sure I can do it. And after a while, we just sat down and talk, had a coffee, and I was like, actually, we should do it because it's exactly these moments where you are uh, vulnerable and you feel you feel what what I feel today that you should talk about it. That's the best way to go over your problems first of all mm. and it's the best way to it's the most interesting part of life because you 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 learn out of failure you don't learn out of success you learn way more of, out of failure and i can tell you this because i've i've been through a lot and i can guarantee you that this is the moments you learn the mo most about yourself and that you you get to grow the most it's pretty crazy that you said that because yesterday you had a live radio right and they were yeah. talking how easy your success is and that you're a, oh, a yeah. famous snowboarder and it's easy for you. But they don't see the behind the scenes. Man, like the more, the more success you have, the more people are going are gonna to try to take you down. Not necessarily in a bad way because I'm a, I'm a, I think I'm a nice personality. I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not famous for doing bad stuff, you know, or like because I've done a really uh, cringe music that got massive. And even then, but then people would, tend to hate you more you know I was more like a steady growing and I had a lot of hard times so people connected with me and and I'm like uh, you know Roger Federer everybody loves him some people might hate about him but most people I've met in my life like Roger because he's a nice person and I'm I think I'm on that side of the famous people you know I'm like <laughs> a nice famous person but still people try to find places where you where they can hate about you yeah. know about some some old songs i've done in the past some some things and it's interesting and i just don't get unmotivated by it i just i just laugh at it because i'm like wow this is crazy because this is the reason i'm here today you know like because i've tr i've struggled because i've exposed myself in a really young age to sports to 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 anything i was always open to do no matter what no matter what it takes to grow in my careers, you know, I was just so hyper motivated, mm. and 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 that's a, that's just the thing. When you get successful, you have people uh, trying to bring you down, but they don't see the hard part and the hard work and the and the low times. And that's why today I wanted to do this interview because I'm like, this is exactly the side of me that I want to show. Not only the successful and beautiful and you know doing backflips on a snowboard and 
jumping into a car and all this stuff is is great and it's a beautiful part of me and that's what I want to show most of the time but I also want to be I also want to show people that I, it's okay to feel bad you know it takes a lot of courage to first realize that okay I feel like shit right and to not uh, and to share it takes even more courage so uh, huge respect thank you but it's it's like it's it's just you can't you know you can hide but you're you're not gonna hide your whole life mm. and and um, you know when the, when you have fear for something it's like the, it's the same fear that stops you from doing anything you want in life you know mm. this fear is the same fear that when you see a girl in a bar and you want to go talk to her but you don't it's the same fear that stops you from uh, becoming a musician when you're a kid and you're like I want to be a musician but I don't know if I'm able to i don't know like if i sing well enough uh, it's the same fear that stops you from going to the olympics as a kid and you're like i want to be a professional football player or a professional snowboarder and it's the same fear exactly the same as the other three that stops you from from reaching your full potential and it's the same exact fear that i faced this morning when i was like are we going to do a podcast today yes or no no i can't because i'm i'm not feeling in my mood you know i can't <laughs> It's crazy, right? And <laughs> and I was talking to an artist yesterday and and she's 29 and she told me she released six songs and I was like, why? Because she was scared and she, she said it. She said, like, I've, I was just scared. I just needed to be in such a amazing state of life. I needed to be financially okay, financially, uh, uh, like, stable, um, emotionally stable to release my first song. Wow. And it's great. She did it. And it's amazing. She's there now and she's there's never it's never too late. You know, you can be hundred years old and release your first songs. At least you've done it, you know. And big respect for this. And I told her you could have done it when you were nineteen. That's so powerful what you just said. Cause um a lot of people do have that fear of failure, right? Yeah. They have those big dreams. They want to quit that job. They want to go for their uh, passion in music or in uh, sports or in whatever. But that fear inside of, fuck, what if they judge me? What if they uh, laugh at me? What if it fails? But the funny thing is, if you love what you do, then you embrace the failure, right? So let's go back to the moment where you were uh, 10 years old, kicked out of five schools, and you were like, shit, what the fuck do I do with my life? It's me, 10 years old. Hi, my name is Pat Burger. Um, I hate school. But uh, I want to be a professional snowboarder. Hopefully, it works. <laughs> That'd be so funny. Let's let's do a podcast about me growing old in like ten minutes. So I was uh, ten years old, and I wish I could uh, be a snowboarder. <laughs> when the ADHD, ADHD kicks in, like yeah, I was I was strongly, madly ADHD when I was a kid, and and um, yeah, I grew like I I had this big dream, big mm. vision when I was ten years old. Like, it's crazy because I had this strong vision that I will make a living out of snowboarding and there's nothing that could stop me. Like intuition. Intuition. And But it, it was super hard. Like, when I say it, people are like, oh, you found what you love when you were 10. It was so easy for you, life. And it's not. Like, I've been through... Uh, I almost committed suicide when I was 10, you know? Mm. I was I was depressed. I hated school. I I couldn't connect with any children around me because they were they were like... I was too different. I felt too different. 
I had my few friends I picked and I could only hang out with them. I couldn't like sit down in a new school. Massive problem. And and my parents, I faced this moment where my parents were, we're going to give him Ritalin to calm him. You know, that's what every single doctor we went to, they said, you got to give him this medicine. He needs to to fit in. Like he's a disaster. He's going to end up a drug addict. He's going to end up a drug dealer. Like they told this to my parents. Fuck. Like he's going to end up like all these kids in the streets and and um it's terrible you got to do something now now because otherwise it's too late and my parents like we we can't we can't give him a drug to if it's not what he wants like we need to find a different way he loves sports yeah but sports is not a solution you know like he's just a spoiled kid i remember i was with my mom she could tell this my mom explained the story i was to this psychologist or a doctor i don't remember she said yeah uh miss pauline bergener i think your son is just a spoiled kid and and you should just give him this shit and he should shut his mouth and he, yeah, he's just spoiled. And I, I think I replied like, you're a spoiled kid. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I slammed the door, left. That's that's how rebel I was. I was like, but I, inside I was so fearful and and I was so un, un, unhappy inside, you know? But I, that's how crazy I was aiming for my dreams I was like hmm. no way I'm following any of these instructions and I left my mom left me in school in the morning I would just walk out and walk in the streets and they're like the school called my mom like he disappeared we don't know where he is and that's how uh, rebel and and how much I knew where I wanted to go and I, I mean how much I knew where I didn't want to be you know <laughs> Yo, what you just said, you were in your flow. You were saying everything that uh, it came to heart. Yeah, it is. And and then, okay, so 10 years old, 12, and then I started snowboarding. But wait, 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 before you get into the next step, what do you think not fitting in school and hating it so much and uh, the doctors telling you that you should fit in, that you should take this drug to try to fit in, right? What do you think it created in you? What belief system? Did it create some sort of negative belief or, or trauma that you wanted to prove them wrong or yeah. what was it? So it did. Like it gave me the, it gave me this hunger to 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 achieve success, which is sometimes hard, you know, because nowadays I'm even now I, I could do so many amazing things and I would still look back and be like, I'm not enough. You know? Mm. I'm not enough. I need to prove them. I need to prove them. I need to not prove them. They're like, you know, yeah, yeah. I want to. I want to be like the biggest superstar in the world, just to show them these guys, who told me I would end up nothing. You know, when I was a kid, when I was ten years old, this director of the school, um, there's just down there. The school was just down there. And <laughs> by the way, and we're we're in Switzerland. In yeah, we're in Switzerland, Lausanne, in our yeah. office, and it's 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 crazy what we build over the years. You know, we have a big company now with my brother. We have people working and it's it's insane like it's it sounds so unreal man like uh uh just making a living and building something out of out of what you love snowboarding it all started snowboarding uh 10 year old rebel just wanted to snowboard and out of this all this came and i want to come to this uh in a little bit but let's keep talking about this this inner fear of not being enough you know because that's that's what drives you it's what drives me and it's a good and a bad thing at the same time. 
man, if you so think about it's it. It's a good and a bad thing. And I think that's why like you shouldn't feel bad for the bad things in your life because they are the most powerful thing inside of you. Mm. Your deepest fears are the things that will make you succeed the most. You know what's crazy is that you said your trauma of the teachers telling you you're not going to succeed, you're not going to end up anything mm. in life. That's what drives you. For me, it was being bullied and also the same. I really? developed yeah, that crazy. trauma. Yeah. And that's what drives my success. That's why that's why we we really similar Fuad and me. Like we're just that's why we connected so much straight away. Yeah. And it's crazy, but you know, like for example, I I'll give you a straight example, but I was snowboarding and obviously a lot of people could look at me like, Yeah, but he never got that Olympic medal. Like he claimed about it and he was so close to it. I got fifth in the Olympics in 2018. Mm. And I was just so hyperactive i would when covid happened i just overtrained hurt myself and i was i was going for a medal in Pyong, in beijing you know i yeah. was i was the top three rider in the world i got injured and this whole dream of metal fell apart and this fear i had inside that i was like if i don't get this medal i need to prove i need to prove myself i need to do something so much bigger than a medal, mm -hmm. you know. That was like my first instinct. I was in the hospital bed. It started straight away. That's when uh, you got injured. Yeah, got yeah. injured. I was in the hospital bed like, oh man, you know what? Depressed, cried, cried all my tears of my body. Mm. But I was like, I'm going to make such a good album out of this experience and I'm going to prove everyone that this was the best thing that could have happened to me. And... Mm. And then it kept going. I went back, went snowboarding, went to the Olympics. And when I was there in, in China, I was like, I felt like the medal was really hard to get. I was mm. not ready. I just had 11 months to get ready after really bad surgery. And and I started thinking like, maybe what can I do to to, to still be... Yeah, to, to compensate. Exactly, yeah. it's compensation. And and I did the most viral videos of the whole Olympics. Everybody knew me. Right, at the I remember the, yeah. <laughs> the Chinese news was full. Yeah, of Chinese Bergener. news, Swiss news. Everybody like talked like athletes. I was there, and like people came to me, like other athletes, like, "Okay, man, can you take a picture? We love you." Really. <laughs> and and this 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 was probably the biggest thing of my of my of you know it's my it's just my my inside fear just turned out into something positive most of the time, you mm. know? And and I really think that this is, again, a, a proof that you're not heading where you think you're heading most of the time in life, you know? You might think, I want to be an Olympic medalist, but you might, most of the time, you, you might not end up this way, you know? But every step you go towards this first decision, if you really fully believe in it and trust it, it will lead you closer to your your aim and your your destiny in life, you know? Because sometimes one door closes because you, you're meant for a bigger door. Exactly. There's something bigger behind it. And and I, it's, man, after the Olympics, I was, I can find videos. I filmed myself because I was like, this is an interesting moment in my life, you know? I was By the way, Pat room. films everything. Yeah, I film everything, <laughs> every single thing. He's going to make a doc one day. Yeah, I will. And um, man, I was filming myself, like, I was crying. I was like, this is the end of my life. I've, I didn't, medal i tried everything which place did you get at the 10th like shit okay. or 11th even like yeah i did finals i made finals that was the most beautiful day of my life when i made finals yeah two days later i just missed finals fell didn't ride well and i was like oh this is horrible mm. but 
I remember like being this moment and it's like, for me, it was the most important thing of my life. Because your whole life, you build up towards the other. Yeah, for me, it was yeah. like, this is it. This is like, if I don't do this good result, my life just doesn't make sense anymore. And a couple of weeks, now a few years later, I look back, I'm like, this was nothing. This was, why was I so upset about Such having a, a medal glimpse. or not? It's a glimpse. It's like this, <laughs> this part of your life, you know? Yeah. And... Even sometimes it's crazy. I I thought I was I'm happy I didn't get that medal because maybe it would wow have that's pulled, a strong statement. Yeah, and a lot of Olympic gold medalists will tell you, man, it's being a gold medalist is heavy because your whole life you'll be this guy who won the Olympics, and even me as an Olympian, every time I show up somewhere, I want to be a musician now. Like I go to this show and there's this guy is like, hey, he's an Olympic snowboarder. Yeah, and it sounds cool at first, you know, but at some point it's like. Man, I want to be recognized for something else. I realized when, when, when we're backstage and someone tells you Olympic snowboard, I see your face. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool, but it's also like. But you're, you're a musician. I'm a musician. Too. And, you're my, a musician and too. people will never recognize your art if you're uh, if you've been so high in, in a different uh, in sports, for example, in the Olympics. So it's cool. Mm. But I was looking back, like, man, this is actually the best thing that could have happened. And if I didn't get injured, anyways, I wouldn't have done the album. I wouldn't have probably worked with Kim Churchill this time. Like all these things just align and you just have to be open, open your heart to something bigger. There's, there, there is something bigger happening. Steve Jobs brings me to a quote. Uh, your story is pretty impressive because the dots don't connect looking forward. They connect looking backwards. So you have to trust with your intuition that everything's going to work out. And for you, when you got your injury, I still remember looking at the videos Bro, you were so fucking pissed. So oh my pissed. God, I was... It was like the end of the world. Because, yeah. bro, you're a snowboarder. That, that's what you do. Yeah, that's all you have in your life. When you, when you do sports at high level, it's like the world stops for you when you get injured. You're in a hospital bed. Yeah. And it's funny, I compare it with COVID because when COVID happened, it was like, man, everything stops all of a sudden. I'm like, I'm so used to this. Like, I've seen <laughs> every injury I had felt like this. And it's even worse because... COVID, like, everything stopped, you know? Yeah. When you get injured, like, only your life stops. Everything keeps going around you. And you go on Instagram and you see all these people traveling, snowboarding. And I was like, why am I here? Like, you, man, you hate yourself deep inside. Like, it's a, mm. it's a true pain inside your chest. And that, that hurts, you know? But it's pretty crazy because I still remember also you're on the hospital bed and you have a guitar in your hand and yeah. you started playing music. That's when I started writing the album. There's like no time off. I was like, okay, I got injured. I need to use this time to, to, to be do productive, produ yeah. productive, be, and get something out of it. It's a mindset, you know, it's, re it's really a mindset. Some people are always like waiting, like, yeah, let's wait. Let's take a couple days off. And there's no wrong way. It's just a mentality. But my mindset is always trying to do, fill up every hole I have in my life with uh, something creative you know yeah you do have this superpower where you're able to turn any negative into a positive yeah okay that we're gonna say it, but adhd is a superpower it is a superpower adhd is the biggest superpower you can have as a human and mm. it's seen it's crazy because in school in the system of life in general it's seen as the worst thing to have you know like people look at you like oh this guy is so unbearable like we, he cannot sit down he cannot write he cannot read man and this 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 gets heavy on on a child's mind you know but if you're a child and you feel like you don't fit in just remember you're 
amazing and you're the society you're tries so much to to make you fit in but the point is we're not meant to fit in and that's your superpower by the way you have this ability to okay fuck it i'm not like you i don't want to be like you yeah. i'm me we we like we fitting is fitting in is just what does it mean you know <laughs> yeah anyways like fitting in in what's fitting in in some people's vision i think fitting in is just being yourself like fit fit in with yourself that's why it should be fitting in you know but by the way <laughs> fitting in like have you ever seen someone that fit in society and that didn't do what he really wanted in his heart that was happy yeah that's tough bro because if you have dreams that don't fit in with society like you imagine we go back and when you were 10 you, your mom or your dad said no you know what you're gonna become uh, an engineer yeah. but the engineer um then you wouldn't have never achieved your potential that's a big problem like for example yesterday in this interview i was on radio and mm. and this woman talks about her son and daughter and and she's like yeah they play football oh cool i'm like that's amazing how how good are they they're good but no no i'm like are they, are they trying to make a living no 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 i don't no no they're not they shouldn't like anyways it's they they they're not doing it there's no way they can anyways it's and the the mentality of most people most parents is is this way why it's only the fear of their son failing you know failing in something they love but this is the most amazing thing you can do and i told her but just let them try at least you know let them go as far as they want otherwise they will live their mm -hmm. whole life thinking what if that's what i wanted to do but I never got the chance to really do it. And you live your whole life with this burden of never have tried, you know? And Imagine how much regret. How much, you, man, it's terrible. Like for me now, for example, I never got the Olympic medal I was dreaming when I was 10 years old, you know? But maybe I'll get it in two years, who knows? But the most important thing is I've done it and I've done this. And thanks to all these struggles I've been through, I've, I have a vision for something bigger, which mm. is music now and content creation. And I've tried everything. I've tried my best at everything I've done in life, you know. And and it's so sad and desperate to see some people talking about their child and be like, oh, no, but he can't. Like, everybody ha goes through the same. Wow. Did you think Roger Federer or Michael Jordan would have been Michael Jordan when he was 10? No. No, like, he was nobody. He was a kid like any other kid. He had no... He was probably depressed, felt like he didn't fit in. Do you know what he wanted to do in life? Roger used to break his his uh, tennis rackets. Uh, rackets on the ground, and and now it, now he's the best tennis player in the world. Like you know, and and same for me. I can tell you because I've I've been through this, and I've been through this feeling of my parents doubting on me, being like, "Is he actually really? How? Why? Why would he be?" different than others why would mm. he become a snowboarder and make a living out of his passion why like it's he's just a child and he has problem in school everyone says he's a disaster but he turned out to be wrong why and why it's only because i've done this for now 20 years without without doubting without stopping no matter what came in my way i i got so many injuries When I was 15, I was supposed to be in the Olympics. I got injured. When I was 19, I was supposed to be in the Olympics. I got injured. And I kept going. 23, I made the Olympics. Got fifth. 20, 27, again, I was injured. I made the Olympics. And it's just a, the, a matter of just keep trying, no matter what happens in your life. 
it's tough to take the risk as a child, as a parent, to look at the kid and say, why is he different? Yeah. You and know? I know why, what most people looking at this now, that's a reaction I get often is like, yeah, but you were, you were lucky to have parents that had money to finance all this stuff. Mm. You know, and that's that's a big question. That's a big, um, because that's the next step. Basically, most of most parents, even though they think they don't have enough money to support this, they, my parents are not the richest parents in the world. You know, you know, we're Swiss. We have we're from a mid uh, wealthy family in Switzerland. We're fine. They could support us, but most people, they even if they have the money, they wouldn't do it. You know, it's like. Uh, it's the same as I have enough money to buy you a coffee, but maybe I won't do it. Why? Because I'm like, I have to save my money, you know? Mm. Save my money for what? That's a big <laughs> question now, you know? <laughs> and, and, and it's just a fear of, of, of putting money somewhere where you're not sure. Like it's the, an investment. It's an investment, you know? And when you're a kid, the parents have the wrong mentality because a kid has to follow his passion what he loves right because if you don't then okay you might succeed at being being an engineer a doctor whatever but what's the point if you're not happy yeah and you're not you're gonna succeed but success success is different you know like f to me success is being is being really like the best you know being the best surgeon in 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 your town or that this is success mm. and this is usually when you're passionate about what you do and you can be a surgeon, you can be a lawyer. My co our cousin, uh, my cousin, yeah. Ryan, you my know? My best friend. Your best friend, that's how we met. He's a lawyer, and I think he loves being a lawyer. He could sit down for hours in the room and just He's study. actually right now sitting down he's for sitting hours. Down, yeah, learning for a master. And he's a, an example of someone passionate, and he would talk to you about the laws, and he's, man, this is so cool. Imagine <laughs> you can, did you know this? And, and that's beautiful, and to me, he's exactly where he's supposed to be. Yeah, I'm not it, saying you have to be an artist. I'm not saying you have to be a sports guy. You can be anything. But the thing is just at least try to do what you want, you know? What you love. Yeah. And look, it's tough to go for what you love. It's so hard. It's not, there's no uh, guarantees. Yeah. Because um, usually the path where you're going for what you love is much harder than the path where you're conforming with everyone else. And the, the biggest problem i mean most people are watching this i know and they're thinking yeah but i don't know what i love you know and I, that's that's the big question how do you find out what you love that's the biggest and the hardest thing in the world how did you find out i went through everything i did tennis i did football i did um any i i, I was drawing for some times i was like maybe i'll be a famous uh architect whatever and i just tried tried things tried things out and I think life is split like this, you know, you're like from zero to 10. So, and it, it, it doesn't, like it could be later, you know, some people yeah. it's, but what, I, how, what happened in my life from zero, from zero, day one of my life to 10, I was trying out things. So mm -hmm. like I was 13, 10, 11, I found snowboarding. And what, between 10 and 20, you, you practice, you get better at what you do and you, you just you try things out too, you know, you try, I tried music, I tried different things while I was snowboarding. Mm. From 20 to 30, you just master what you know what to do, mm. you know, you just master what you love. And from 30 and 40, that's where you actually make a living what, doing what you love, you know. Yeah. And that's the way it should go and not make a living to then try to find what you love 
and then because then it's it's you're never gonna it takes time you know mm. and every musician i've talked to a lot of successful musicians today they tell me it's nine to ten years to build up a musical career yeah and the biggest problem is that you start and you want to be where you think you should be but you're not you're not there you're not ready for this yet you know and when i started music for example i was 20 19 something and i was like i want to play the biggest festival in switzerland mm. and i was convinced that i could but i i was just somehow they didn't invite me i was like i was obsessed about it i was like why am i not playing this festival and now I look back, I'm like, I was not ready at all. Like, if I was a <laughs> festival guy, I would, like a, a, a booker, I would be like, never, this guy's like, he needs a lot of time to be there, you know? And and that's the biggest problem. Usually you just, you just, you're just stressing to be somewhere you're not yet, you know? So it's about finding, like, trying things out, you know? You know, just a couple of minutes ago, we were assessing why. Why am I feeling empty? Why am I feeling overwhelmed? Why am I feeling down, mm -hmm. sad? And you said, because there was a million things and I was trying to be this, 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 this and there, right? Yeah. But what you just said is the answer to your uh, problem. What? What you just said that like, look, you don't have to be there, there, there. You just be here. Oh yeah, emotionally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do, do what you have to do now, right? And eventually you'll be there. Yeah. Cool. So that's exactly the same for emotions as in life goals, you know? Yeah. That with your emotions is the same. You have to deal it the same way you deal with your activities in life. It's like you want to feel good, but you don't feel good. And then you get obsessed about it. And being obsessed about not feeling good is the worst thing because then you get into this negative cycle. It's, it's an attachment. It's and an the attachment. Buddha said yeah. attachment is the root of suffering. We have, by the way... Uh, Three Buddhas plus two. <laughs> yeah, with five Buddhas. We're becoming Buddhas. Um, but yeah, Mike, it's um, it's not easy to to go through your uh, your path because it's not the conventional path. It's not like pew, there's a road. No, it's like you built your own road, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, when we were talking about passion, you said you tried so many things. You tried tennis, you tried football, you, try, you tried everything. How did it click shit? It's, uh, the thing, how did it click that, boom, this, the thing that I want to do for the rest of my life is snowboarding? It's an inner feeling, an intuition. You know, you, you do it. I, I remember exactly, I was doing this 360, I was doing this camp in Cormontana, my home resort, and I just did one trick, a 360, to spin over yourself. When I landed this trick, I was, I got a rush of adrenaline, I guess it is. And everything that comes with adrenaline afterwards, it's it's definitely like a big drug, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it all came up to my body and I was like, oh my God, I love this so much. And after this moment, it was a, a camp, I was, I had stars in my eyes, you know? Wow. When you say like, I was like, wow, I want to be back. I want to come back next weekend and do it again. I want to snowboard. And then since then, I was just obsessed with it. Wow. That, that's such a beautiful thing, man. Yeah. Because how beautiful is it that you love something so much, you're like, I want to come back. I want to do it again, again, Exactly. Again. And that's when it, it built up. And f what was really important in this time is that I wasn't, I didn't land this 360 and was like, oh, I want to be the, now I want to be in the Olympics. I see myself. I was, I took it really, I was just genuinely, I loved it just because of the of this feeling and I was I told my mom and dad I want to be a snowboard teacher like the teacher who told me this <laughs> his name was Atta I said I want to be like him 
when I'm when I pass this school age, I want to be like him, be a snowboard teacher, and just be able to snowboard every single day. Make this so is I insane. Yeah, I wanted to do it for the true passion of it. It's like if you're a musician and you first time you play, you're like, I don't care about the fame, I don't care about the money, I don't care about filling up venues. All I want is to be able to play my whole life. It's doing what you love. Exactly what's in there, not for what's around it. And then obviously, you, you don't, you sh again, you don't have to feel bad for what's around it because it comes with, you know. Then I got better. I wanted to compete. I wanted to make the Olympics. And I got obsessed because I was not in the Olympics the first time. Yeah. And then you get through all this stuff, you know, the same life stigma that is part of life what? and part of being a, making a career. And this is the, but this is the most beautiful thing of it all, you know. But the, the the important thing is when you start it, you have to make it for, for the love and passion for it, you mm. know. This is so powerful for for a kid listening now. Yes, yeah. it can be being a teacher, it can be being a physician. But if you do something and you feel like, look, I like this, mm. just do it. And if you even if after a year, because that's a funny thing. Before being a snowboarder, I had the same feeling for tennis i was obsessed with tennis i would go every afternoon after school to tennis courts play 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 i was obsessed i was obsessed with football at some point i was obsessed with skateboarding with my older brother we used to skate under in the cave in the winter and all over the some some things we put you know some piles of of uh of whatever we found in the house and trying to get the highest ollie i was obsessed with so many things before And and I did it, and then all of a sudden I'm like, I don't know, I don't like it anymore. And then I moved on. I was I was like, whatever, it's fine, it's cool, you know. I tried, and all these things I've done was the key to my talent in snowboarding because I don't believe in talent. I think there is, you create talent. So you, we're born pretty much the same, and then if you practice a lot, a lot of sports. Obviously, once you pick a sport, you're gonna be it's gonna be easy for you, you know. And that's what we call talent. It's just a uh, ability to to make things look easy. But how do you make it? You know, it's just by by doing a lot of different things, and that's that's how you create talent. So I created this talent over the years. And I mastered because I was always when I tried something, I didn't just try it. I was obsessed with it. I want to be the best. And I did. I played. I played. After one year, I don't think it's the thing. Then I started wind windsurfing. Windsurfing for like six months. Mm. There's no wind here, anyways. Okay, I'm um, move on to skateboarding. Skateboarding is the next thing, you know. <laughs> That's how my brain was, and 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 then I found the real thing, and now I move on to music. And people are like, "Well, you're so distracted. You do snowboarding, music, and then you reach a point where you can do whatever you want, and people accept it because everything you do is so successful, you know." <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it looks successful because for me, I'm far from success, you know. Snowboarding, music, I'm like. I'm just in the beginning. But people are like, yeah, you tour Europe, you play shows in front of 600 people. I'm like, yeah, but this is, my goal start. is, yeah, it's my goal is much bigger. You always want more, you know? Mm. So it comes back to a point, uh, a mutual friend, your, your, your best friend, Andy Anderson, who says like, set your vision, set your goals, yeah. and just go after it. Yeah. Right? The thing about you that I admire so much is that you're not afraid to try. You're not afraid of being judged. Okay, I'm afraid. I'm really afraid to try. Okay. <laughs> I'm afraid of... Everyone is afraid. Like, if you're not afraid, you're not a human. Like, mm. It's part of being human, you know? But I'm I'm able to overcome that fear. To do it even if you're scared. Yeah. 
I just go like, man, I, I feel like I have to. And every time I have to make mm. a decision, I'm scared. Like now, this uh, booker, JP, calls me, bro, uh, there's a show in London on the 21st and I have a show on the 23rd in Austria. And I'm like, it's a, it just adds a massive mess in my calendar. And I'm afraid. I'm like, first, first feeling is a fear. I'm like, oh, am I going to do it and stuff? And I just go like, you know what? You're going to figure it out. Just go. And I yeah. go for it. And I, over, I just overcome that fear. And everybody has fear. And it's fun. And it's the best thing to have fear. You mm. just have to overcome it. And I've learned this through snowboarding. Because every single time you do a snowboard trick, a new one, oh my God, you have fear, man. It's like the Shit. deepest fear you've ever felt in your life. <laughs> and you're about to drop in. And you, all these thoughts, why am I doing it? Am I going to injure myself? Am I even ready? Am I pushing too much? Mm. And sometimes, bam, you fall bad, you know, and you're like, I was definitely not ready. And that's how you learn to deal with your fear and to know what's a good uh, decision, what's a bad decision. It's very powerful what you said, because um, fear is part of it. You just have everything that you want is on the other side of fear, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a quote by Will Smith, by the way. It's not me. Yeah. <laughs> But um, fear is one thing, but also failure is another And you faced so much failure in your life, right? But every time, you overcame it. Every single time. And do you feel that you built up the persistence or was it always there? Man, I think you... I mean, you, you'll overcome every failure in the world no matter what because there's <laughs> when the failure happens, when whatever happens, it, it just is. And then what's after failure, you just... You can't do anything about it, you know? It's like if a close per a close friend dies or passes away, like or a parent or a brother, it's the worst thing in the world. But it's it is, and then you're here and you're overcoming it, even if you don't want to. You have to overcome it, you know. It's part of life. It's part of life, and I think the the way to overcome it in a bad way is just doing things that are not productive, mm. and that's the only thing. Is I have always had this ability to overcoming in a positive way you know and and do something positive out of something that is negative yeah because a lot of people view failure as negative they think failure is um we want to avoid failure no i still see i still hate it i hate it I, you know i hate it i hate failure i hate when i play a show and there's no one and it's the hardest thing to do and you just feel man i've this summer i drove eight hours to a show and it was it was like 10 people, it was raining. I was like, what am I doing here, you know? Mm. And before that, I played like five shows in front of 600 people with my biggest idols. And I don't like it. I don't like being in failure mo moments, you know? <laughs> It's like, I don't like breaking my knee a, a year before the Olympics. I mean, yeah. who likes this? I mean, a freak would like this, you know? Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying like it, but yeah. maybe... But you know that it's a part of it. It's the same as the fear of, of overcoming your fear. Yeah. Everybody has fear. Everybody faces failure. It's just how you deal with it, you know, and how you overcome it. That's pretty epic. So we talked about fear, failure. We talked about passion. It's like today, man. Like today we, we were definitely in a failure disaster day. <laughs> Both of us. We looked, we, we went workout this morning before the podcast and... But we And still woke up. We still we, did we the stretching. Up, we we still did, did the, yeah. the workouts. We still That's the difference. Because a lot of people would feel defeated after a failure. Exactly, like, yeah. fuck, I failed. Let me just go take drugs. Let me watch my, go on my phone. Let me run away. 
Yeah. But no, we, we felt the negative feelings, but we still did it. Yeah, exactly. It's so powerful how just talking about your feelings helps you accept them. Man, you should do a hotline, like mentally great hotline. <laughs> just uh, put, a, put a number now in the podcast and people can call you and just talk about it. By the way, I have a cough. I don't know what's been happening to me. I've That's been fine, waking yeah. up every day. Yeah, it happens. It's, it's fine. It's fine, go. yeah. Um, no, but seriously, like people, they should, if they have questions, they should comment on this podcast. It's interesting. We talk yeah, about course. really deep stuff and if you have any question any doubt, just reach out. We'll, we'll get back to you, you know. And the idea of do, doing this, the, the, what I, why I love podcasts is we talk about deeper stuff than a, than a short interview. video. Yeah. yeah. Like we do a lot of inspirational stuff. I started doing my most successful videos I've worked with Adi on it, you know, and... and it was so weird how uh, the serendipity of that story. Yeah. How correct. it happened. You know how it oh, happened. We, we got to tell that story. So in last year, exactly last year. Year exactly ago, last year. November. Last, November. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know Fuad. Like we, I heard about you. I didn't By the know way, you. everyone calls me uh, Adi. Adi. Every, you yeah. can call me Adi. It's, my real name is Fuad, but my yeah. good friends call me Adi, so you can call me Adi. So I called, I, I didn't know Adi and I know you, he just, you had a lot of success on TikTok and Instagram. Yeah. And my, my cousin is like, um, I don't know why I, I had this picture of you more arrogant and more like, yeah, superficial. So funny. I had this picture of you. That's because you were successful on social media, I guess. Mm -hmm. And my cousin said, yeah, Adi is going to come to Switzerland. I was like, great. I want to meet him. And I remember we met and I, I was, first of all, I was impressed how you were never on your phone. <laughs> I thought you'd be like the biggest nerd, you know? <laughs> And and then you were like, we talked, we talked, and we, and I told you my worry of, okay, the Olympics is just over. Mm. I don't know if I'm gonna still make a living because I didn't medal. Mm. You know, I was like, this is probably gonna be a tough year for me to survive. You know, as a sports guy, mm. music is doing okay. I just released my album, and and I I told you where I, I don't know where I'm heading, and I wanted to find. A different way to, to to show, to 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 express myself because I was mostly famous for being a snowboarder, posting crazy videos where I hang on the lift and <laughs> jump over people, jump Dinosaur. in the car, yeah, like crazy <laughs> stuff, you know. Yeah. And I remember I told you, I don't think I'm not gonna do this my whole life. Obviously, you know, uh, even though I will, but to I, I want to do something also different. I want to prove myself. I can reach people and touch people in a different way because I've got so much more to say. And I remember you said, yeah, that's a great thing. Let's sit down. We'll make one video. I swear, your story is so inspiring. We can go viral with one video. And we sat down in a coffee. <laughs> oh, my God. We sat down at a coffee and we had a napkin or a small paper. Napkin, yeah. And we were just brainstorming, talking, asking questions. It was, it was just like obvious, fun. But the first, the first thing was this, the injury because you told me, man, your injury, the, what you've done last year, from you got injured in February, uh, eleven months later, it was I got I got surgery the first of March the the fourteenth of February, two thousand twenty two. I was in the Olympics, so eleven months after a really bad injury, four knee surgeries, and I remember talking to you and said, "Man, you have to tell that story in a better way that you told it." Because I've I've done an edit, but it was bad. We can even show it now. Let's let's show like the the old edits that I did, <laughs> and then we'll show the. Addy edits.
I got injured snowboarding. Doctors told me I might never compete again, but I had a different plan. It was depressing. I had a lot of doubts, but I was taking it one step at a time. Training for hours, overcoming challenges, but I got to enjoy the process of learning again. During that injury, I even wrote my first hit song, which convinced me even more that everything happens for a reason. I never gave up on my dreams, fighting till the end. I made it to the Olympics in less than a year and four knee surgeries. Challenges are hard to overcome, but without them, success would mean nothing. And this video within, I grew like from 50,000 followers to over 100K mm. or like 80, like maybe, no, I had yeah, 50 to 80 or 90K with one video. Yeah, I think it, it grew you to 100. Alone. No, the ADHD then grew to 100. Ah, the ADHD yeah. grew you to 172K. Yeah, which is even insane. more, like By from the way, 80, 80 to 180. And I, I really strongly believe he was impossible before. I was like, there's no way to grow followers. I made two Olympics and every Olympic I grew like 10K followers Yeah, on because of TVs and stuff and you get famous. Yeah, And then it stopped. So it was like a ten, four year cycle. And I told him, I think your thing mentally great works, but I don't think I can go viral and reach a lot of people with my stories. Because I had yes, a different type of content. I was the two people talking guy. Yeah. Um, but it's insane because you're, I remember asking you the question that created that video, which was like, what is the most powerful thing recently that happened in your life? And you told me the injury. And then you said yeah. the 11 month and getting back to the Olympics. Yeah. And I still remember it was in the other room right there. We yeah. were sitting on that couch and we were like, okay, so this is how it's going to start. This is the middle, the story, the months, right? Yeah. And it finishes with challenges are hard to overcome, but without them, success would mean nothing. Yeah, that's so powerful. And your story impacted tens of millions of people. Yeah, fuck. This video Bro. had in total probably 20, 20 to 30 million views. Because the Olympics reposted it. Olympics reposted it. And oh, that was incredible. And... And yeah, it's just um, it's an interesting story how we met and how how my life also changed since then. Because then, we, if we if I look at last year, I was I I have I've made huge improvements in my life. I had this knee problem. That's the reason why I was here. And I met Adi. I was supposed to go training, but my knee was in pain, so I couldn't go train. And mm. and that's why we started making content because mm. I had just free time. So again, something that shows and proves that when you're not when you're facing a failure, a moment of failure, it's for the best. It is for the best. And I think this moment was meant to happen. It was meant year. to happen. And then if you look at the how the year went, like I the first year in since I was since that 360, it's the first year I didn't do one competition in a year. Wow. Since I was 12 years old, I used to compete every single year. At wow, least man. one event or ten, ten events a year, you know. Mm -hmm. I was doing World Cups the tour, just touring for snowboard. And this is the first year I couldn't because of an injury. And it's incredible, but it was, and I can say that proudly, it was the most productive year of my life as a, as a, as anything, as an athlete, as a musician. Man, I grew 100,000, 130,000 followers. We, I made amazing music. I wrote, I'm writing an album with my biggest idols now with Sean Koch, with uh, Tayoski, James Searcy, like crazy stories. I've done the biggest ads of my life with the biggest brands that I was dreaming of 
being sponsored by like two years ago. It's you know? This is also a story of, of serendipity also. like the wow. It's kind of like the law of attraction with a yeah. lot of different high vibration stuff. We were at Chetseron. Yeah. And we were just oh, having lunch. Wow. Having lunch, me and Pat, just like chilling. Like just having lunch, celebrating 100K, right? You remember? I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> it's so And then funny. the owner comes and I was like... When Pat w went to the bathroom yeah, or something. why did we go? Uh, again, we were sitting down in the chalet and we were like, today we can't work. We were supposed to work on scripts of videos and I was yeah. like, I'm not feeling it today. I'm just, I just feel sad. and The same feeling you had today, by the way. Feeling same today, feeling I had today. Same feeling I had today. And then I told Adi, Let, you know what? Let's go up to this beautiful restaurant and yeah. we'll just have lunch and and chill for a day. Yeah. We went there. You, you told the guy like... I, the owner of the place came. Right, and that place is sponsored by Moncler. Moncler. So I come, I say to the guy, Pat went to the bathroom. I said to him, Let's bring him a surprise. It's we hit 100k and we want to surprise him with a cake or something. So he said, Okay, I got you. Did you pay that cake by the way? No, <laughs> oh, he, gave it for free. Nice. <laughs> he brought it for free. Thank you, Shed Seron. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Pat comes back from the toilet or wherever he was, and um, the guy was so nice and he brought the cake. And we started celebrating and stuff, and he it, it was a great time. And he ended up being with the head of clients of Montclair. It turns out on the table, yeah. there was the Montclair uh, marketing person. Yeah, she's head of client, but really high. And, mm. and the day, crazy, we met them, I meet them. She's like, oh, great, you have 100K, that's amazing. And somehow, there was a flow of energy after this lunch. I was like, I finally found an idea I could do in this hotel, I want to cross the hotel with my snowboard. <laughs> it's a crazy idea. And I never had the right idea. I was like, shaping a jump, it sounds weird. And then the next day, I woke up with this feeling of we have to do something with a, with a fast drone, FPV. Okay. And the craziest story, man. So I, f I feel like I want to do something with the FPV. The same day, a guy calls me I've worked with in a film company, and he's like, hey... I've got a young guy. He does FPV drone. No way. Yeah. I'm like, are you joking? I just mm. thought about doing something with an FPV. Yeah. And I didn't know any FPV pilot, you know. I I called a young guy. I'm like, tomorrow, what are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm free. Cool. Come up. We, he came up. We shot some videos. Bam, bam, what was the shot. video, though? It's a pretty insane yeah, but that's concept. Yeah, that that's comes later. So I, okay. we shot some videos. I go back to the hotel go back to the Montclair lady and uh, Sammy, and I say, guys, I have an idea. <laughs> you know FPVs? I show them the shots. I've shot outside doing free rides. I'm like, I've had the idea. I want to cross the hotel with an FPV drone following me. In a snowboard. In a, on a snowboard. And I'm like, <laughs> and they're like what, what do you mean cross the hotel? I'm like, we have to put snow inside. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm snowboarding on the stairs. I'm passing by. Like, this is full, like, true, you know? I'm going <laughs> to... And then in, it was a Wednesday. She says, wow, this, this could be really cool because we have a pop-up store. We want to promote it. The next day, she puts me in touch with marketing. On Friday, I pitched the idea to... Well, it was even Thursday, Friday. Friday, I pitched the idea to Montclair. Mm. Say, we come back to you on Monday. And Monday, I get a call. They give the budget. We do it. Crazy. Like, this, the quickest thing I've ever had. And it's, it's a really... Luxury brands are the hardest brands to work with, you know. They, yeah really strict about their rules and what they do and the content that comes out of their image. And we shot it the next, so next Monday, confirmation, Tuesday we shoot. 
I had to find out a way to cross a hotel with a snowboard. So what we did, we we took a rope, electric rope. I, I post on Instagram, guys, I need a wake, wakeboard rope, you know? Yeah. So it's basically a thing. You have a controller and you press and it, you take speed with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have actually all videos of the, of the, the behind, behind the, scenes. the scenes. Yeah, we yeah, can yeah, show yeah. it. It's really interesting. And uh, What's the crazy part? What, like, Getting to it because I, I know you woke it. up the day of it sick, right? Oh, that's for the Volkswagen that comes uh, after, yeah. Because okay. the, <laughs> there's a whole thing of moments of that happened after this moment of uh, Montclair of Montclair that we were together this morning. That was actually this really f- bad morning. Ended up being one of the most successful day of my of my whole winter. You know, which one, the Montclair? Yeah, the one we woke up and ah, we're like, yeah, we... let's go have brunch there. You know, like how this thing ah, yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I set up the whole shoot with Boris, a friend. I call him, he comes, bam, we, sh- we set up the whole feature. We shaped for hours until dark. It was so cool. I remember sh- shaping this last feature over the, the, the entrance and into the last jump to a backflip. That was crazy, you know? Yeah. And, and we shaped, s- snowboarded down in the dark. It was the, one of the most epic moments of my life, to be honest. And, and then two days later, like Thursday, a week after we met this person, we were shooting the ad. Fuck. Which is crazy. No, no, it's, it's a crazy law of attraction story. Yeah, it is. Because uh, Montclair is a luxury, luxury brand. Yeah. And, and we did it in, in a week. In a week. That's, uh, that's like unreal. unreal. And you literally went in your snowboard from the slopes inside the hotel. And then you went out, did a backflip and left. Yeah. And the craziest thing, why did I do this? Mm. Because I was injured. And for me, I couldn't compete in a, one of the most important events of the year in Lax. In like, it's the event I never miss. Yeah, I couldn't compete, so I was like, I need to find something to do. And I shot this ad. And I remember I finished sh- shooting the ad the next day. I went to just watch the finals mm. of the Lax Open. Even crazier, they got canceled. The first time ever, the Lax Open finals got canceled, and mm. I couldn't ride them. Yeah. So I was there, like, if I would, if I would have been here. Like that, w- that would have made no sense. The the event is canceled. Imagine how crazy! Like the whole story. I'm like, wow, it's crazy how the universe works. Yeah, the universe is just a line, which is bad for other people. Like you know, it doesn't go always your way, but this time it definitely went my way. Yeah, and and then it's crazy because this ad comes out, massive hits. Yeah, people freak out about it. Like, I think it got is, like a hundred k or yeah, something. yeah, hundred k. Yeah, and and then what happens? I reach out to Volkswagen, look, uh, I have an idea for, for an ad with you guys. Oh, that's great. We wanted to do a winter activation. I brainstorm, 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 come with an idea. Boom. Two weeks later or a week later, we shoot a Volkswagen ad. Same, same team. I like, I, it's funny cause I told the FPV guy. Um, so in the end I didn't hire this young cause he was too not experienced enough. You know, yeah. the guy who did the first shots with me and because he was Montclair, I said, I need like the best FPV guy. And I reached out to him. He was free exactly that day. So he came, he shot. And I told him, man, it was great. We're going to work together again in the future. And he was like, yeah, maybe in a year or so. I call him a week, a <laughs> couple of days later. Yo, I got another project. <laughs> Volkswagen. <laughs> and we did it. And Volkswagen. the Volkswagen is also very crazy. It's even like you more. Jump, yeah. Like the FVV goes under a, a car. You jump over a house. And the, the whole end, concept, <laughs> the, the concept of it is like. Super creative, super smart. Super creative. And, and again, that, 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 okay, this is interesting because mm. I pitched to Volkswagen this idea that I am, um, 
I am the CEO and I'm the snowboarder and I'm like so basically I wanted to have a comedian to be part to be doing this part where he's like a comedian and saying like hey you jump over the car and yeah all so this stuff. two different characters the CEO basically kind the of ad is simple is a is a is the CEO of Volkswagen gives me a call I'm driving in my car and he explains the creative idea the create like what he would like to have as an ad yeah. and while he's explaining to me on the phone I am actually doing the the whole ad genius. And I'm still driving. So it was like, man, I, I remember having that idea. I was in Crown eating mush, uh, mushroom uh, I remember burrito. you called no, no, me. Not, not you a called crazy me. mushroom, you know, a normal mushroom. Like, not, a, <laughs> not, a, yeah, not <laughs> the crazy mushroom. And we, we made jokes about it with Boris because I was with Boris. Yeah. And I love Boris, by the way. Shout out, such, Boris. Yeah, Boris is great. And he helped me to create all these crazy ideas because he's a... Okay, Creative. that's really important. The people you surround yourself with mm. is so important and crucial for life because Boris is just a positive guy listening like you he listens to me we we talk about all kind of different stuff he's really creative and because the the original idea for Volkswagen was like we did this thing into the building so we I wanted to do like a race where I jump out of the car and there's a race and time but it was super boring I was like this is already it's been done you know by some other brands and it's not crazy there's no like Something that I, I was like thinking about the ad, like it's not special. Mm. But then I came up with this idea. I was like, wow, imagine, imagine. I, I was eating and I was like, oh my God, I have it. Basically, the ad is going to be the CEO calls me and I do the whole ad while the CEO is talking. Like the, the CEO is guiding the ad, but it's actually happening, but not happening. But yeah. It's obviously happening since the things are happening. Man, I remember it was like, wow, this is insane. I called you and I called Volkswagen. I'm like, I have this idea. Marco, best marketing guy I've worked with, he's like, dude, this is so cool. Let's yeah. do it. I say, we have to take this uh, comedian for it. He would be perfect. And Then and you then thought about it. You were like, I no. Thought, no, no, no. I, th I wanted the comedian. I was like, this is, I cannot, like, it needs to be him. And then they call me back, like, look, Pat, we're sorry, but the budget is too high for, for him because he's he's a big influencer, you know? Okay. And I said, I didn't go like, okay, then we can't do it. I was like, fine, then I'll do it. <laughs> he's like, what do you mean? Like, I'll, I'll do the CEO. It's fine. That's, yeah. the, that's the only way. You yeah. know? We don't have to hire anyone else. <laughs> I'll just be the CEO. It's like, right? I called a makeup artist. like, you got to come. I'm going to have a mustache. We're going to make it look like it's not me. <laughs> And this was. Can you show them a, like a preview of how he was talking? This you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll show you the actual video. You yeah, just, we can show the you video. You should just yeah, introduce yeah. some videos in there because it's really interesting. <laughs> it's funny. It could be a helicopter going into the side of the car. You jump off the car. You come into the Grand Canyon. You take a lot of speed going into the heart, feeling this powerful grip you have. <sighs> jump over the car. I've never seen this before. Then you do a big jump. Like a big jump over a house. Out of the house this is way too dangerous. Be tissue. Join back the car on the street. Jump off to a flip land perfectly. Take a fast turn. Slow motion moments. Eyes contact with the ID boss. You jump off the road. Take a different path. Because life is not about which way you go, but about the destination. And for the grand final, you stop the car, open the back door, and you jump into the ID bus. What do you think, Pat? I don't know, man. Who do you think I am, James Bond? Hello, Pat. I'm counting on you on this project. Pat, I cannot hear you. And man, it turned out to be so much better yeah. that I did it than hiring another comedian. So again, it's 
so many things happen that seemed bad, you know. And at first, when I got the call, he said, we can't take this comedian. I was like, oh, this whole idea was so great, but it's just not mm. going to work, you know. And it ended up being much better that I did it. It's one of the craziest videos it's you've ever done. It's the craziest, and it's so cool. And, and man, it's, it's just amazing. And again, it's the law of attraction. It's the, the, the way of just letting go of stuff that are not in your control and just going with the flow of whatever happens, you know. That's insane, talking about the flow, because in one chapter of your life, you were a professional sportsman. Competition, 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 right? Yeah. And then when you started music, it was more like flow. It's more, exactly, it's true, yeah. It is actually true. And when you went towards flow, it wasn't like, fuck, I want to get there, I want to compete. I shouldn't curse, but whatever. Um, I want to be there, I want to be the best, podiums, whatever. Better than this, this, this. In music, it's more like, bro, I support you. You inspire me. Yeah. Uh, I wish you the best. And you lift each other up. Mm-hmm. And I felt that like there was, a trend, tr- trend, there was a transition phase for you from competition to flow. Yeah. And when you flow, bro, fuck, the craziest shit happened. Mm-hmm. Like, can you share about that story where you, <laughs> you had your breakthrough in music? Like the past few weeks, month. You mean the breakthrough with uh, JP touring Europe? JP, yeah. Like the difference between competition and flow and how yeah. it just happened. Everything started to happen. The thing is, it's every, every person who has done sports in their lives, they will understand what I mean. But it's like sports is just mean because you're always competing yourself with others and you mm. want to be the best. Obviously, otherwise you wouldn't be competing, you know. You'd just be uh, doing sports for yourself. Yeah. And when you enter in this com- competing mode, it's just such a different mi- mind switch in in what you do because it becomes comp- competition and you're always competing, you know? Yeah. Like, it's about being the best. And it's a really hard pressure to live with, you know? Mm-hmm. I've done this my whole life and it's so... The pressure is hard because you have friends that you snowboard with, but at the same time, you hate each other because you want to be the best. You know, and and it's it's terrible. It's just like a weird jealousy feeling that you have, and everyone competing has that. There's a lot of you jealousy. jealousy inside of that. Jealousy. Tell me more about that. Like why? There's a lot of jealousy because it's a, it's why you compete because you you and a lot of even me I I act cool. You know, I'm like yeah, I'm not jealous. I'm fine. I'm, I'm I really hope he does well. Yeah. But inside you're like. I want to win. Like, if he wins, I'm not going to win. That's just a fact about competing. Mm. And goes if, he back wins, to f- if he wins, I lose. If I lose, he wins. Exactly. And it goes back to the first, first discussion. We started this podcast with talking about feeling bad about something that you shouldn't feel bad about. And it's the yeah. same. You shouldn't feel bad or blame yourself for feeling, feeling this anxiety this for jealousy. others to win. Because so many sports guys, so many sports athletes, they, they quit mm. in a young age because of that feeling, because it's such a bad feeling to have, mm-hmm. to be, to, this jealousy is so deep. I almost quit snowboarding because of this, because I was like, I cannot live with this pressure of being so willing to win. And then I lose, mm-hmm. and then it's so, I'm so attached to win that I, I feel bad about it. And then I'm sad and I'm you depressed. Suffer. And you go into so many crazy emotional state that you, most people quit sports because of this. It's pretty crazy because you start sports as a thing you love and you enjoy. And then when you become a pro, it becomes competition. I need to perform to get the brand deals. I need to perform to get 
the money. I need to perform to, you know. And you see this anywhere, even in music. There is artists that are competitive and 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 really self-centered and egoistic. Yeah. If you say that this way, I don't know, but egoic. Egoic, fine. yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of artists that are really egoic, but yeah. The the ones I've met this year are incredible. And Mac, you have people like Kim yeah. Churchill, Sons of the East, Lime Cordell. They're genuinely good people and they want the best for everyone. Or Ziggy Albert, like I was with Ziggy, my, one of my biggest idols. He was, he was asking me, man, how are we going to build up your career? So I think we should, you should start playing Europe, small shows. He was talking to me like this. So let's, let's, let's do it this way. Like he was talking about my <laughs> career. To play 20 cap, 20 cap, you come back next year, 50, 100 cap. That's, I, see, I see it this way for you. And he was talking about my career, how he could help me uh, excel. And he played here. I didn't mm -hmm. know him. And he was like, man, join me on stage to play a song in front of 1,200 people. It's sharing the music, sharing the, the stage. And this was is, it when I was there? That's when you were there, yeah. No. Yeah. But that's insane. Cause yeah. And the next day, I, I played Zurich, which was an even bigger show. Because so. Ziggy was one of your idols. Yeah, yeah. Right? He's always been, yeah. And I remember going backstage after the show. You're like, yeah. fuck, that's crazy. Like, yeah. we just did that. And like, it was a dream of yours to kind of play with him. It is, yeah. And he's such a nice guy. Like, such he was... Such a nice guy, yeah. He's zen. Like, you see him, he's yeah. like in the zen mode. And he's so pure. Yeah. Like, he's so aligned and you feel it and it shows in his music. And, and he, he was went, reading a small yeah. book. You remember that small book? The Buddha book, yeah. The, 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 what's his name? Uh, the Book of the Living Dead. The... It's something along these lines. Yeah. But it's a great book about Buddhist uh, meditation. Yeah, yeah. And, such a good book. And he gave it rest. to me in the end. Oh, he gave yeah, it to yeah, you. I have it. I, didn't, I don't read it enough, but I, I have it somewhere in my car. You should. It's a crazy yeah. book, I think. I, I should read it too, but yeah. and that's what I've heard. But it's, uh, it's incredible. Like, so you get, in music, you get away a little bit from this competitive mindset. mindset and this is such a good feeling for me. I mm. need it. And I've competed my whole life. It teaches me the best things in the world. And I'm I am so strong today thanks to this you know thanks to this uh, fight against others and uh, dealing with my jealousy problems and my resilience and everything resilience yeah, yeah so perseverance well exactly so so what changed in music what's the difference between like being in a competitive environment and in a more creative environment because it's like music there's no result there's no like obviously you can do a song that does well yeah but. It's not up to you, and it's not up to a judge, or it's not up to like I'm, I can release a song same time as you now. Fuad, you release a song, and one does good, one does less good, and that's it. It's not in your control, and and it's not a you know competing is hard because you have you're against time or you're against judges, and it's everyone at the same time. It's like it's really strict, you know. Yeah, music is like there's no. Same way, it's everyone does it differently. There's no rules. There's no rules. You could be, I could be bigger in Switzerland and or in Germany and then not Switzerland. Oh, who knows? Like it doesn't matter. You just do it, and you just every so, day you're more focused on yourself and how you can make a better song, how you can make a cooler music video, how you can collaborate with a better artist, and and that's that's the whole point. How you can write a better song. It's mostly about music, and I I go out now and I write with amazing songwriters and that's all I want I just want to write good music and I, I realized that too because I've been around you for quite a while these past few months and I realized that the people around you the musicians are so supportive mm -hmm. like they ins 
they inspire you and you inspire them and there's yeah. this environment where it's like it's not like ah shit it's me v you no it's us together and we're gonna make it you know yeah. or if i'm better than you as a musician i'm gonna lift you up like ziggy does or kim does like it's it's insane that you have those people around because it's yeah. it's hard to find it's really hard to find and before i met these people i met a lot of bad people too in music industry you know yeah and people that just really competitive and trying to prove you that they're so powerful yeah and i've met these people so many times <laughs> and and i i at some point i I lost hope on good people in music industry. I was like, this is just oh, really? the way it is. Yeah, it's just the way it is. It's also like competing. I didn't care because my passion and love for music was way bigger than any step that would come in my life. You know, mm. I was ready for it. I was like, there could be, it could be the hardest thing in the world. I will keep doing it. And I've played shows for one person that was screwed. your first shows. How many people did it? Have? Oh my man, I've done. The worst thing is you go from. I play a show for. 800 people and then I play a show for three people uh. that are not respectful about my music and stuff and it doesn't matter and the, the worst shows are the ones where I got the best in my live performance oh shit yeah because you learn like it's hard when you have 800 people listening it's easy to have a good performance because you're man people you're the you're, there's such strong connection with people but when you're when it's a bad show and it's raining and you're like alone on stage it's Okay, I can do this, and you mm. have to go up on stage and be, man. You like people look at you like, what is he doing? You know, like <laughs> this, I feel so bad for him. By the way, you're a great performer. Like, thank you. Yeah, a lot of people love because you're not just a musician; you're uh, an enter entertainer overall, and people love the surprises you do, the music, yeah. the way you do thank it. You. The way you do it is very special, and I think that I genuinely believe you can make it. You've already achieved a lot in this year. Mm -hmm. I genuinely believe you can fill up stadiums. Yeah. I feel it, Mac. These <laughs> dreams, the let's, music, it's, so. it's one of the best songs I've ever heard. I mean, you know, it's obviously that's my dream. And I'll just keep working as long until I die, man. <laughs> There's no... You're that passionate about music. Like, you're not going to stop. No, no way. I'm never going to stop. And it, I'm, I'm doing a million other things, you know. And that's great. I'm yeah content creator. I want to be directing the biggest ads in the world in my life i want to be doing a documentary i want to yeah inspire people do more talks like this because this is so cool so cool bro and this is the best thing but it's man there's no limit like the only limit is yourself <laughs> which Fuck. which is crazy it's not the sky the, the sky there's no sky the sky is no limit like sky is endless <laughs> you know but the only limit to you to anything you do is just yourself the only limit is yourself that's is. so powerful like for a kid that just watched this entire podcast, yeah, he got so many gems. Yeah, like bro, we talked about passion, we talked about fear, we talked about failure, what? talked about resistance and competition versus flow. Mm. I want to rewatch it. I'm, I'm definitely gonna rewatch <laughs> it. We're gonna rewatch it tomorrow. Yeah, we'll watch we it go. and learn from it because mm. I don't feel like it's really me talking right now. It's more like my subconscious, and and that's why it's so important to talk about it because when you talk about it, you just you realize that you're making, you're creating the suffering, you know. Oof, yeah. You know, when you're cr you're creating the suffering, there's no suffering. Uh, like, there's life is life, and life is. Yeah, life, life is. is. It all is. It's just like we w before doing that, we were like, "Fuck, bro, I have no energy. I feel sad. I feel down. <sighs> yeah, don't feel like doing it." 
But then we said, look, remember that time when we spoke on the phone? Yeah. And after speaking, we felt so great. Let's just do it. Yeah. Let's just do it. And everything in your life, by the way, the most crazy shit, the Montclair, the this podcast, the uh, Olympics before doing it, the getting injured, it was all shitty, like yeah. the feeling, but you did it. And at the other side, there was magic. It is, yeah. It is. Yeah, it's just it's just about not limiting yourself to to your beliefs and just go beyond beyond it, you know. But we just wrote a song about what can I believe? What can I believe with uh, James? With James Cersei, we wrote this song about it that you, you know, it's like this endless night where you're in bed and you just cannot fall asleep, and this is about f it's fighting against these moments and just be be believing in the right thoughts because the thoughts there's so many thoughts all yeah. the time. There's millions of thoughts every second. But it's about capturing the right ones and believing in the ones that are that are important mm. and just leaving the bad ones on the side and avoiding them. Can you avoid them? No. Like I mean, you see you see them, they're in your face all the time. They're in there, like they're the closest <laughs> yeah. to you. It's not even if you would be if you couldn't hear anymore, they would still be there, I guess, you know. What are some thoughts like that you hear? That ah, people like, don't know about because everyone has thoughts that they don't speak about, right? Yeah. So. Uh I mean, one thought that usually comes out is, "What am I? Why am I doing all this? Am I good at it? And mm. should I keep doing it? You know, all these yeah. thoughts that just happen. And also, but you always overcome it, always. That's no, your super. Yeah, no. Sometimes I'm just depressed for two days, and then it gets better. You know. Mm. And I learned from that thought. I'm like, there's no like this. This is just a fact of life and of of physics and whatever you want to call it, science. But there's no down without up, and there's no up without downs. Mm. you know life this is just a reality of life and I remember we were talking once about this Olympic thing is you asked me would you be happier if you won the Olympics and I told you no because the the problem like you're high and the higher you get the more like you'll be up there but you'll probably take more time to reach the bottom that's the only difference with being higher or less high you know like i've got i got fifth and i got after a week i got doubts about i could have done better i could have podium and then you start going down and you just the moment you reach the bottom is is quicker because you were less high yeah. and if you if you medal if you get first you you're really high up there you know because you have <clears throat> this thing that you fight so long for you achieved something and yeah. you, you feel so much self-confidence but this you slowly go down and you go down and down and down. And I've seen people that won the Olympics that are truly depressed a year after, you know? Shit. Yeah, it, it happens. And it's <clears throat> it's like uh, there's world-known musicians that are depressed and alcoholic and even people that's committed suicide, you know? It's crazy how you can achieve the biggest amount of success but still be depressed. Yeah, it's weird, right? It's such a weird thing in in human beings. It shows that, like... Your happiness is not dependent on achieving something. It's not, but it's also great to achieve stuff. And I think like, because a lot of people have told me, yeah, I've seen this interview of this famous person and he seems like he found peace and he realized that his happiness is not where he thought it was in fame and stuff. But you have to go through so much to understand this. Because if I tell you this and you've never lived anything in your life, like a five-year-old kid would not understand anything I'm talking about right now. It's mm. like, why is he talking about? You know? <laughs> I think it was Jim Carrey. 
I think I no, said... I heard Jim Carrey as well, but he was different. The one who does Transformer, I don't remember his name. And it's in a podcast, and it's a really interesting podcast. Mm. My brother told me, like, yeah, you see, it's you shouldn't put your... But I'm like, yes, but no, you have to go through stuff, but you have to be aware of it. Be aware of it. And being aware is the biggest... That's where it all begins, and that's what the Untethered Soul says, is because if you... If you're an alcoholic or you smoke and you're like you're not aware that you smoke and it's bad for you, you're ignoring it. You're like, it's fine. I'm not even an addict. Like then it's you're you're mm. then you're like a lost purpose, and you're gonna come to a point where you will have to face it. Yeah. But if you smoke and you're aware of it, you're like it's bad, and I need to stop it because nobody's perfect. I also have my my mm. addiction sometimes, and it's like you have to deal with it. Yeah. But if you're aware of it, it's the first step because you know how to deal with it when it goes wrong, you know, mm. or when you feel bad about it, you know why, and you can just work on it and take the step back, you know. You know the, the Buddha, you know his story? No. He was a prince. He had everything. Yeah. All the success, all the money, all the women, everything. He was in a, a kingdom, but that was closed. So he didn't see the real world. He saw the best of the best, the best woman, the best food, the best everything. And he was 29. He was a prince. And he said, let me see what's outside these doors. He opens the doors and sees four, th four things. He sees a dead person on the street, a cadavre. He sees an old man, a sick person, and he sees a guy meditating under a tree. And then he goes on this journey like, oh shit, why is there so much suffering in life? Like, what, what the fuck? I never knew that people suffered, you know, whether it's physically or mentally. Mm. So his whole life purpose was what? How do we stop the suffering? So he tried a thousand things. And one night under a tree, he was meditating. And he, has, he had his awakening, his awareness moment that you just talked about. Mm -hmm. And there he felt like he was free from the suffering. Because he wasn't attached anymore to the thoughts of it's a good or bad. It's a, uh, ugly or beautiful. No, he was uh, the awareness behind it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm far from that. <laughs> <laughs> but we're getting closer. Um, yeah. So that, that's like the deep awareness that when you manage to reach that, it's amazing. I've, I felt like you feel seconds of it, you know, when I, yep. when this morning I, I was not feeling well, I just sat down on this chair and I feel the sun and I'm like, oh, this is, this is a nice moment. And yeah. It's not attached to anything outside, you know, it's just yourself realizing it's a cool moment. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. So this, this things happens, but it, again, it's, it's a, it's a process of life to learn about your fears, about your yourself, self, your down times, your hop times, and you just have to. Man, it's it's just you have to embrace any every moment and learn from it. You know, that's epic. I think we're gonna end on that note. Yes, it was an epic, epic talk. Yeah, it was like, beautiful, insane. Thanks, One of thanks. the best talks we've ever had. I think. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. So yeah, thanks for having me. And like I said before, if you guys have any questions just put them down in the comments right yeah of course of course guys thank you so much for listening this was episode number three with pat burgener uh, yeah. pat burgener a uh, very good friend and uh, for me i consider consider him family so if you enjoyed the episode let me know and ask any questions below and if you want any other guests to come on comment below and thank you so much for watching rich inside